Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. Good morning. Welcome to the Building Christian Fellowship. Yes. It is good to see everybody here this morning. Amen. It is Sunday morning. It is the Lord's day, and it and we are in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. What a treat. You what know, a, a lot of things are happening right now, but guess what? It's great to be in the house of God. That's right. Amen. That's right. That's Come right. on, you guys. I'm excited. I'm excited. I want to welcome everybody uh, today to the building and. We're just trying to get ourselves situated. Yeah, because we're old and we need glasses and we need water and we need coffee. So there's like a lot of things that we need. We got a mask up here. And so the my personality, I'm, ha- I'm kind of freaking out a little bit because there's no organization in any of this right now. And I feel like something's going to get knocked over. Is there any ladies in this place feeling fearfully and wonderfully slayed? Man, what an amazing time we had at our virtual, our very first virtual women's conference. Man, we weren't like in person with each other, but I felt the power. I felt the embrace and the hugs of my sisters. Man, we straight up had sister time online and I loved it. I don't know about any of you guys, but it was like long overdue for me. Yes. Say something. So what we want to do is we want to welcome you guys to the Coffee Date Sunday. Happy Coffee Date Sunday. So if some of you guys don't know, yeah, there you go. We got to go to like the little clink. Some of you guys may not know, but every Monday we have random conversations about Jesus, relationship, and coffee. Like all the three things that make life worth worth living. I'm just saying. Like take away any of those three elements and it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm dead in the water. So we want to welcome you guys to our very first Coffee Date Sunday. It's it's the special edition yeah, Coffee special Date edition. Sunday yeah. with the Butchers. Yeah. Come chop it up with the Butchers. Yeah. Make it Amen. sound exciting. Yes, yes, yes. So what we're going to do um, this morning, just to let you guys know is, so a couple weeks ago, God really just dropped into our spirit um, something that I believe that all of us should actually get a little bit of. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm, tr- I'm not trying to give it all up at one time. I, I, I want to share this topic to you topic with you. So this topic that we're going to talk about, it it has many different dimensions, many different dimensions. But for some reason, as believers, we tend to overlook it. And that is grace. There are many different levels of grace, many different dimensions of grace. And what kind of grace are we offering each other? Yeah. You guys hear me? During these times, how much grace and what kind of grace are we offering each other? other. You can tell how much somebody loves you by how much grace you give them. Amen. 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 One thing we know about 2020 is 2020 has been a trip. Mm -hmm. Like 2020 has been hard for everybody. Like there has been things that we have experienced in our life, in our bodies, in our families that we never thought would ever happen. Like some of us are coming out of 2020 with some nicks and some scrapes but just like I shared with the, uh, with the um, servants uh, this morning in our huddle, it's like, man, those all are the markings and the making of a soldier. Like a soldier that comes home from war, they have little battle wounds. And there's stories connected to each and every battle wound. 
like a child that would point out, well, mom, what's this one from? Dad, what's this mark from? Oh, I remember I was encamped in by the enemy. They had me in a pit. I didn't think I was going to get out, but God. And some of us have those stories this year. Like literally, like there are some things where it's like, dude, I didn't think I was going to make it through this. I didn't think I was going to make it through that, but God. And it left a battle wound. And I believe that the scripture says that it is the, the, uh, it's the blood of the lamb and the, by the word of our testimony that we overcome the enemy. Man, those battle, battle wounds are proof and evidence that I have overcome the enemy's weapons and vices yes. against my life. Amen. It's like we've all been duped and we've all been entered into the Spartan race that we didn't know somebody entered us into. Like we started off 2020 and was like, yes, let's do this. Like maybe we all had matching outfits when we started the race. Cause you know how some of us, okay, maybe it's just the ladies. We like to have like matching outfits when we start a race, right? So maybe we all have like a certain shirt. Yeah, pastor's looking at me like, here she goes again. She's running away with the coffee date. Okay, we all might, might have like matching shirts when we start off with the race. Cause it's like, well, we want it for the picture at the end. Cause we're going to take a selfie at the end of the race, right? So we start the race and we're like, man, let's do this. Maybe we got like little tutus. I don't know what we got, but we had something when we started cause we was excited. And before you know it, someone tricked us, and it was a Spartan race. Now, if anybody knows anything about a Spartan race, man, there's mud pits. You're traveling and, and climbing up over barbell fences. You're climbing up walls, and you're like, dude, why am I here? Like, everybody's shot. Everybody's hurt. Everybody's tired. Everybody wants the course to end. But every time they look around, there's a new turn, and there's a new obstacle course they got to go through. So has anybody been to a Spartan race that knows exactly what I'm talking about? Yeah. You're in the middle of it. You're contemplating your life. You're like, dude, I don't even know if I'll live through this. And that's what 2020 has been for so many of us. It's literally been an obstacle course, and everyone's feeling beat up, and everyone's feeling tired, and everyone feels like they have very little strength left. And more than anything, guys... We all, this entire world needs more grace right now because we're all struggling and hurting right now more than ever. So on July 28th, 9 a.m., you guys, our life was shooketh. It was shooketh. It was shooketh. Okay, I want to make this sound very spiritual. On July 28th at 9 a.m., my life was shooketh. Shooketh. Thy of thou life. Shooketh. I saw right there in front of me my husband lose his speech and his mind right there in front of me. I mean, it was almost like a perfectly strong and beautiful garment being unraveled by one string and literally the whole integrity of the thing just fell apart. And I knew from that day forward, dude, my life will never be the same. And what's also interesting about that day is that that's the anniversary of my mom's death. And so like, what is this new thing that's happening here? These turn of events that I'll never ever be the same. And I recognized what an amazing miracle my, my husband was. Because, I mean, he came out of that hospital still looking like Common. He still looked like Francis Chan. I mean, he still, there was like nothing. He was still looking the same. You know, he can still crip walk. He can still, he can still do all that. And I'm like, what an amazing miracle. It was an amazing miracle. Yes. Praise the Lord. But one of the things that people did not see is this hidden battle that was there. Because some abilities, some newfound limitations that he had, and he was battling in it. And in that battle, he was battling by himself. And I was left on the outside of the ring to watch him fight alone. And I never felt more disconnected from my husband than ever before. Because before we walked in unity, we fought together. 
We prayed together. We exalt, exalted the Lord together. We were a power couple because there was the gospel. The power, the, the power of the gospel is Jesus Christ, right? There, we, we demonstrated power together. That's what made us a power couple. Not because we was both cute, because we are. But I'm saying that the power that was on our life was through Jesus Christ. And we were used to fighting together and demonstrating that power. But here I am on the outside ring of my husband and watching him fight this fight and fight this battle. Not just me, but Papa and the kids. We all didn't know how to help him because he didn't let us in. And so once a lot of things that were happening because he lost some of the ability to communicate is a lot of his communication was through body language. And he'd get frustrated because we weren't picking up on the cues. He's like, didn't you see me go, <sighs> It's like, what, what exactly did that mean? That meant I was hungry. I'm like, oh, I, I didn't know that. You know, or, or there would be, I'd say, hey, are you hungry? And he'd be like, what exactly does that mean? And so I'll say, are you hungry? He's like, I said, yes. No, you didn't. But the stroke affected his communication. So there was a lot of body language that was happening. There was a lot of frustrations that was happening. There was a lot of irritability that was happening. And on that side, there was silently become these seeds of bitterness, unspoken expectations, unspoken offenses, because I was feeling hurt. Because I'm like, I'm called to win uh, some battle, I don't even know how to fight this. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not loose to, used to losing. But I wasn't given, <laughs> but I wasn't given the rules. I wasn't given the tools to know how to do this. And so over and over again, I'd be asking the doctor, so is this normal or is he, is this supposed to happen? Well, he's doing this. Like, what does that mean? And they're like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Everybody heals differently. Why are we meeting with you? Like, what is the purpose of this meeting? Oh, we just want to know where he's at. Okay, write it down. John, disconnect, because they are not helping us at all. Their answer to everything was everybody heals differently. Everybody heals differently. We're just here to look at him. Yeah, he looks great. Okay, in the meantime, I'm dying here. I'm dying here, but we both didn't realize that we both needed more grace. We both needed more grace. We definitely needed more grace, and what I didn't really understand was that during this time, I needed to give my wife more grace and less grief. You know, during, in the world today, as you look and see, people, that's what everybody's doing is giving everybody grief. Amen. Grief about your decisions, about your vote, who should be doing this, who should be doing that. And instead of giving somebody grace because you don't agree with them, you, you want to give them grief. Yeah. And, and in, a, in a relationship, in, in a, a marriage, let alone a regular relationship, we should be giving more grace than giving more grief. But most of us during this time want to give people grief. Especially during the Spartan race. During the Spartan race. We're all mad. So, you know, during this time, I know that Kai and I were having, some, we were at odds. and um, Like silently, though. Yeah, it was, it was, it was silent. It, it was, was like a silent fight. No, it wasn't. With, with she... like, there wasn't a lot of words. It was a lot of, what is that? Kai uses a lot of words, so... <laughs> So we decided to talk to each other, and sometimes we forget about giving each other grace. Yeah. But we've, we were really good at giving each other grief. Yeah, we were. And uh, when, I, when Kai and I decided that we were going to talk about what's happening with us and what's going on with me, and I'm trying to tell her, look, this is what's going on with me. I, I can't remember things. I can't even do sixth-grade math anymore. I, I, I can't do a whole bunch of stuff that I haven't done before. There's, there's things as... As, as a human that I want to be able to do, but I'm having this battle and I didn't want to let her in 
because I'm a man. I'm a man. I got, I got to, I got to still do this. I still, I'm still the man in my house. I'm, I'm still the husband. I'm still the, the father. I'm still the pastor. I'm still whatever, but I'm, I'm fighting this fight by myself. And when I get frustrated, I start giving grief instead of giving grace. Now, I'm going to just share this thought with you guys. Grace will make you see through the lens of gratefulness. I'll just share that again. Grace will make you see through the lens of gratefulness. Why? Because when you stop giving grace, you stop being grateful. And what I did was I stopped being, uh, or I I, I started being ungrateful and started not even seeing what God had done in my life. I, I, I shouldn't be alive. God woke me up enough time to have a stroke. Maybe you don't understand that. I, I, I was asleep, and he woke me up. And I was able to, to move and have function and activity of my limbs, even though I can't talk the way I used to, even though I can't, my thoughts aren't the same the way that they used to be, you know, trying to even articulate a conversation. I, I need to be grateful that I'm still here to be a dad. I need to be grateful to make sure that I'm here to be a husband. I need to be grateful to make sure that I'm giving grace instead of grief. I need grace. I need a lot of grace to give to my wife. And these are the things that the Lord began to just download into me to make sure that I was able to give my wife what she needed, even I'm going through this trying time. You know, I don't know what's, what's going to happen with me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe things won't get back to the way they used to be. But I'm grateful that I'm here. I'm grateful that I'm here with my children. I'm grateful that I'm here with my family. I'm grateful, and because I'm grateful, God will put, bestow upon me more grace because I'm being grateful. Yeah. Amen. And one of the things that I believe at that time my husband didn't realize is that the stroke didn't just happen to him. We all had a stroke. We all had a stroke. <laughs> and so that's how I felt. And so that was kind of like the ongoing statement. Hey, we had a stroke in our household. Our household, there was a shift there because things that were operating in a certain way, now everything changed and no one kind of knew their new position or what we're supposed to do or what we're not supposed to do, what would aggravate him, what would uh, produce healing, what would not produce healing, what would enable him or disable him. You know what I'm saying? Like we were constantly like trying to figure out our new places because we all had a stroke in our family. Like it, everything changed. Uh, and so there, because there was this communication barrier, there was a lot of unspoken expectations where I believe me, as well as the kids, as well as Papa, even with ministry, I mean, bless Pastor Donald and Pastor Raquel, they were running around trying to do everything like, uh, what do you need? We're like, I don't know. I don't know. But there was all these unexpoken expectations that were happening to us because this all happened to us. But he took on this fight by himself. This was happening to him. And because... I knew that I didn't, I'm not the one that had a stroke. I had some problems with talking about the fact that, hey, I'm not happy right now. Hey, I'm feeling a little unheard. Or, hey, I'm feeling, I'm feeling like this is unfair. I had a problem communicating that because I kept thinking, well, Kaya, you didn't have the stroke. John did. So is this unfair? But I'm like, finally, I asked the Lord. You know, sometimes we go back and forth with ourselves. We'll be like, 
what should I do? I don't know, self. Well, what do you think? I don't know. And then finally be like, you know what? Let me just talk to Jesus because I'm getting nowhere with myself. So that's what happened. I said, I'm done talking to you, self. I'm talking to Jesus. Sorry, third cup. Okay, so I talked to Jesus and I prayed and I said, Lord, help me. Help me communicate to him how I'm feeling right now because one of the things I need to realize is that my feelings do matter. How I feel do matter. So let, let me not disvalue who I am or what I am to him, to this family, by feeling like I have to stay silent about how I'm feeling. And the Lord just basically was like, well, just send a picture. And this picture just stood out to me. And I said, I sent a, a picture to him and I said, I miss the way that we were. And then I said, we should talk. And I knew that that was going to start something because we weren't at the same house at the same time. I was somewhere else. I probably was at Journeys. And he was at home. And then I sent this picture and I knew he was going to be like, well, what was that supposed to mean? So I sent him this picture. Right. Yeah. So you guys can't really see it right there. It was a screenshot. Yeah. Just, just leave that up there real quick. Let me, let me just, I want to say something. Listen, even though we are going through right now in, in our own household. God, God has already given us grace for the journey. I need you to understand this because we always ask God for grace when he's already given us grace. Grace is when you feel is what happens to your gas tank. He fills your gas tank up before you start the trip. He puts it in there and he will give you grace to get to your destination. God made sure that in our household, there was grace enough for our journey. It never occurred to me that God had already placed grace over our household. God had already given my daughter, heaven, the grace to turn and give me grace. Can can I just share that with you? My daughter, my youngest of, of four children, she got grace from God and turned around. But the grace that God gave her, she turned around and gave me. Now, now, I can tell you about this, and, and this is, it's funny about how children do, but because of my insecurities and the things that I'm, I'm lacking and that I was going on, I would say things to my daughter like, I'm sorry dad's not being a good dad. I'm not able to help you with your homework. I'm not able to, to, to be patient with you. And my daughter, with the grace that she got from God for the journey that she was able to get, get ready to be on, she was able to begin, well, listen, to prophesy to me and tell me, Dad, you don't say that. Speak those things that are not as though they were. You are a good dad. You are my father. I love you. You're doing the best job that you can. This is what my daughter was saying to me. Why? Because she got grace from God, and when she received the grace from God, she turned around and became a dispenser of grace. When I was at the hospital and I was sitting there, I wanted to come home. My father-in-law, Papa, he himself would go to God to get grace and he would dispense grace and he would be able to tell me, listen, son, I need you here. You be strong. Get, get, get better. Get here. Because he got grace from God. Judah did the same thing. He would look at me and he knows when I would get so frustrated that God already gave Judah the grace to be able to come to me to give me the grace that I needed when Judah would look at me and be like, it's okay, dad, I understand. He gave me grace. Now watch this. We don't always tell our business. No, he always tells our business. Yes, there you go. Especially during coffee date. If you want to know our business, tune in. Especially now. <laughs> so watch this. You guys see this picture. So once again, I'm already frustrated. I get this, this picture. 
that Kaya sent me, and I, and I looked, and underneath it, it says, I miss the way we were. And I'm looking at the picture like, we look fine. <laughs> we still look good. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> but then I, this is my response. I don't get it. What does that even mean? The way we were, question mark. Because now I'm offended. Offended. What do, you, what do you mean? Because now a whole bunch of stuff is going in my head. A whole bunch of stuff is happening. And uh, I was ready to just, you know, like, dude, you're, you're ungrateful. I had a stroke. This is what I'm thinking. But God gave me grace out of nowhere and told me, son, shut up and listen to your wife. So we talked, Kai and I talked, because we went upstairs and we went in the, in the room and Kai began to speak to me and she began to share with me her frustration. She, she looked at me and said, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. This is what she said to me. I wish you were the same man that I married. Do you guys understand that? And I'm probably not saying it the right way because she just, mm-mm. I had a stroke. I can't remember. Um, she said something like that. So basically what she was telling me is because of, the, because of the nuances of the stroke, I'm not the same person that I was before. And she was dealing with some frustrations. And when she did that and she shared with me, I kept my mouth shut. I just listened. God gave me grace to listen. You guys hearing me? I could have gave her grief. But in, instead, I chose to give her grace. And the grace helped with the discernment also. Yeah. And then, so, so what ended up happening was, after she spoke, she left, and I was hurt, and I decided I was going to go to the Father. You want to tell I, me? I want you guys to know, it wasn't, it wasn't even about telling on her. It was the fact of, I got to give God, I need to get grace from God Amen. right now yes, to be able to bear yes, what I just heard. You guys hear what I'm saying? So at that point in time, I, I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, I need more grace. And this is what he said to me. Give your wife the same grace I've shown you. Man. The Lord told me to give her the grace that he's given me. Are you guys hearing me with this? Because at, 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 we don't want to give people grace. And, and we, we forget about the grace that God has extended to us. And then we will turn around and we'll hold back grace from any, anybody else that we feel doesn't deserve grace. But God told me straight up. James chapter 4 and 6, it says this. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Yeah. So I went back to, uh, to Kaya. And I told her, I said, honey, after, I mean, this is right after I went, I was literally at the throne room on my knees asking for some wisdom from God. And I said, okay. So I said, I'm going to give her grace. I went to her. We were downstairs. And I told, her, turn, I told her, turn around. I embraced her. And I said, I'm sorry. I need to just give you more grace. Yeah. And I'll never forget that hug because the hug felt different. 
Now, we've embraced many times. We've said that we love each other many times. We've ministered to each other many times. But it was for some reason that embrace felt very different. And now I know why. It's because he had just come from being with the father. And literally, I felt a difference in the embrace. It was like whatever was there, whatever offense was there, whatever pain was there, whatever hurt was there, whatever injury emotionally was there, it was broken instantly by the embrace. I know it sounds weird. I know it sounds cliche, but it was broken the moment he embraced me because that's the power of God, because that is the grace of God. And when we're living in tumultuous times like this, that's like one of my favorite words. I literally can't say the word, but I like to use it all the time. This is tumultuous times, guys. We're living in tumultuous times. Don't ask me to spell it. But we have to make a decision. During seasons like this, we have to make a decision to give grace. It's a decision that we have to make because... Um, I literally heard an analogy about 2020 being like a pressure cooker. Everything's big, everything's magnified, everything's right in your face, and you feel like you have to do everything about something right now. Like right now. It's big, it's, it's scary, it's important. Do something right now. Like that's what 2020's been like. And, um, and so the decision is whether I'm going to sit across the table and I'm going to talk to you because I'm feeling this way. This is how I feel. Or I'm going to cancel you. I'm going to fight you or I'm going to create and make you my enemy. Those are the two choices that we have. It's literally like I'm going to make a decision to give grace, sit across the table from you and discuss this because this is how I'm feeling. Let me bring my feelings to you. Or number two, I'm going to make you my enemy. I'm going to fight you or I'm going to cancel you. It's literally like those two um, um, paths that we've been given to, to choose this year. And the level of grace or thereof that we give to people depends on the love or the lack of that we have in that relationship. Literally, if you value me, if you love me, you'll give me the grace to grow into what you need from me right now. That's what happens when we operate in grace. If I love you, I will allow you the space to understand and to learn what's needed from me right now because that is grace and that's love. Grace was needed for this unseen fight that we did not see coming, you guys. Grace is needed for all of you guys' life for this unseen fight that you did not see coming in 2020. We need it for all of us. We need it to get through the race. Everyone in our family is extremely grateful for the miracle of John. We're all grateful, but we're struggling with this new challenge of helping him navigate through this recovery journey because it's literally a journey. But if we try to do it without grace, there's going to be all kind of bumps and snags in the road. There's going to be all kind of arguments. There's going to be all kind of misunderstanding. But when we incorporate grace, everything changes. For you to feel like your fight is not connected to mine is very selfish. And that's not just for me with John. That's for all of us. For you to think that what you are fighting or what you're pushing through right now is not connected to me and it's something that you have to do alone, that is very selfish. Because God has called us to one another. I'm tied to your fight because I'm called to your victory. I am tied to your fight because I'm called to your victory. That's who we are as a church. That's who we are as a family. I am tied to your fight because I'm called to your victory. Ephesians 4 and 16. I gave the media team the wrong scripture. It's Ephesians 4 and 16, not Ephesians 4 and 10. Tumultuous. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. This scripture is pointing to the health and the growth of the body, not the health and the growth of just you. 
not the health and the growth of your fight, not the health of growth of what you're going through. It's talking about the health and the growth of the whole body, which means when obstacle comes, we all in the Spartan race, y'all. We are all going to do it. The people that wins at the Spartan race the most is those who go as a team, not those that go for a solo mission because you're going to need somebody to throw you an arm to climb up that wall. So you better have a squad. You better have a team. You better have somebody that's going to have your back. You better have somebody that say, come on, get up. We're not done yet. Yes, you can make it. If you don't have squad, you don't have a chance. We've been called to each other. I'm tied to your fight because I'm called to your victory. And Pastor John, Pastor John had to realize that we were all in this fight together. But Grace had to reveal that and unveil that to him like, oh, yeah. They're a part of this too. We are, say again, we are tied. We're tied to the fight because we're called to the victory. To the victory. Together. And this, and you know, and this is where we're, we're getting at with what we're talking about because the coffee date Mondays for us is usually talking about us specifically as, as relationships. But it, during these times, it's the church that we wanted to talk about. We wanted to talk about what grace looks like and when we can look and see how we're giving each other grief. There's people here right now that are fighting for their lives and their sanity. People are fighting right now. And, and, but, but what happens is when, when we learn that we're all shot, that's, it, that's just my, my favorite movie. Yeah. The dude's like, look, we're all shot, just drive. I think it's Black Hawk Down, right? Black Hawk Down. Yeah. We need to make sure that we're all shot, but we're in this thing together. When yeah. one mourns, we all mourn. Yeah. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. Yeah. That is why the body of Christ needs to be together. That's how the scripture says it. And they, and they will know them by their love. By their love. Yes. And you will know them by their love. And you'll know them by their grace yeah. that we have for each Just, other. That's right. That's right. Pastor, Pastor Dr. John Harris. Yeah. He's been doing a lot of videos about the church and he, he seems to get downloaded. God just downloads things to him before things happen. I see it happen. And what's happening now with the church, especially what's going on with the pandemic and the elections and everything else, that we aren't giving each other grace. We're sitting here fighting over each other because we have a difference of opinion when really it doesn't matter. We serve the same God. And we are in the same situation. I'm hurting. I'm sick. You're hurting. You're sick. Maybe you're not sick. Maybe you're in a relationship that you're hurting with. Maybe you're dealing with some mental issues that you're dealing Listen, I'm here as a brother to when our sister, when you have issues that I'm not going to give you grief, I'm going to extend grace. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this grace that we talk about isn't really just, as I just said, for the church. The same way Kai and I just demonstrate grace towards each other is the same way we should love and show grace towards each other. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, it says this, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Listen, listen to this. I know this is what Jesus was saying, look, when he said, look, my my." Grace is sufficient for you, but think about that for yourself. The grace that God has given me is sufficient enough to extend grace to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't make me stand up and start preaching, because then I'll get to stuttering and go. Don't make me. Don't. Listen, 
God will supply us enough grace. He told the Israelites, listen to this very carefully. He told the Israelites, listen, go out and gather manna. He said, go out and gather manna. Don't try to go out and store it up. Just get enough for what you need for this moment. I'm about to stand up. God said this, go out and get what you need for now. Don't try to store it up. See, what happens for us right now is we want to try to store up extra grace just in case we need the extra grace. For a rainy day. Yeah, just for a rainy rainy day. day. But God says, I've given you enough grace to get you through this day. See, because when you went to bed last night, when you woke up in the morning, you were bankrupt on grace and mercy. But the Bible says that God will restore he will give to you your, uh, he restores you grace and mercy in the morning. It's renewed every day. And we turn around and we dare frustrate the grace of God in our lives. Paul says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. What does that mean? I'm going to go out and store manna. This is the problem with it. When they went out and took too much manna, they brought it back in their tents and it went and it rocked. You guys, you guys getting this story because this grace that God gave you, God says, this grace is fresh grace. It's like bread out of the oven. It was bread from heaven. This grace that was the bread from heaven was a picture of Jesus Christ. Come on. This daily bread. Yeah. Give us this day, our daily, our daily bread. Yeah. That bread, bread, bread was the bread of life. We don't need everything else. You, you know, I, I, I think what it says that if I will go beyond my grace that God has extended me, I will frust, frustrate God's grace. That's why Matthew 6 and 3, 4 says, take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Yeah. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. That's what we do, you guys. We tend to frustrate the grace of God. God has given us enough grace to get through whatever situation that we are in. And he's already supplied it. See, the manna fell in the morning. They got up and the manna was there. That means that God had already filled your tank up with grace before the journey began. Before the irritation of people, before the Mm. phone calls, before the text messages, before the guess what happened or guess what so-and-so said. Before you knew you needed it, the manna was already there. It was there. And God wants to make sure that we rely upon the grace. Because that grace that we ate, the the grace that we went and grabbed, is that's what we're going to turn around and be able to give to somebody else. That's right. Praise God. So God has given me more grace to give people more grace. Mm -hmm. So it's up to us to make sure that we are giving grace to people and not grief. So here comes the preaching points. I think we got four points, four points that we're going to share with you about grace. Ready? Point number one Number one. remember to use grace, not grace. Grief. Mm. Remember to use grace, not grief. We're going to turn to 1 Peter 4 and 10, and it says, As each one has received a gift, minister to it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. 
whatever you've been given, be sure that you give it. Some of us like to be spiritual hoarders. Like literally, if we can look into the spirits of one another, we'd be like, oh my God, you haven't given out any grace? You haven't given out any forgiveness? You mean you haven't given out any love? You mean you haven't given your strength, your time? You haven't sacrificed for anybody except for yourself? You've been a spiritual hoarder. And nobody dare step into your heart because they'd probably get knocked over by all the stuff that you have not given. We have been called to give what we've been given because as we've been given it given to us, just like Pastor John said, fresh every day. Listen, the life that we live is comes with trouble. Our life and trouble, it comes together. What does the scripture say? A man born of a woman is just a few days and full of trouble. John 16, it says that, be of good cheer. I have come to give life more life more abundantly. I'm paraphrasing that. But be of good cheer. In the world, you'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have already overcome the world. That was the Kayev translation, okay? So what I'm saying is that this life that we have, it comes with trouble. It comes with heartbreak. It comes with disappointment. It comes with the temptation to be depressed, to be distraught, to be bankrupt of hope. But God says, be of good cheer. I have already overcome the world, which means I've been tempted to be depressed. I've been tempted to be disheartened. I've been tempted to be unmotivated because of people and their lack of grace. But be of good cheer. The same way I've overcome, so can you. It's almost like a parent that says, watch me, now you go. Watch me, now you go. That's exactly what Jesus did. He lived a life full of grace giving what he got. Listen, we are a peculiar people, which means we mourn differently. We're upset, but we react differently than the world. Why? Because we are the hope of the world. We don't have hope, guys. We are the hope of the world. Jesus was the hope of the world, and guess what? He passed the baton. So if the hope of the world stopped and the buck stopped with you, I hope we're not doomed. We are the hope of the world. I need to say that to a point where it gets in your spirit, where you realize that you've been called to the game. Dude, you've been tagged in, and it's time for you to start playing your part. You're not to sit back and watch everybody else be victorious for Jesus. John 10 and 10 is for you the same way it's for me. That the enemy comes like a roaring lion, seeking who he may destroy through disheartening, through depression, through heartbreak, through racial injustice, through whatever it is that can possibly be thrown at you. Those weapons have been formed, but yet Jesus come that we may have life and that we may have life more abundantly. You are the hope of the world. So we're different. We do stuff different because of who we bear on the inside of us. Jesus experienced everything that we experienced, but he did it differently. Grace is a gift. James 1 and 17, it says every perfect good and gift, it comes from God. But it's available to all of us. Oh, that was number two. Go. She stole mine. Point number two. She stole my thunder. (laughs) Point number two. Grace is a gift from God. James 1 and 17 says this, every good and perfect gift. every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights yeah. with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Yeah. Listen, the gift of grace is given to vessels that will pour out grace to other vessels. Yeah. When we stir up strife and grief, we become dishonorable vessels. Now let's look at 2 Timothy 2, 20, and 22. It says, but in a great house, like the building, 
But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these things, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. So what does that mean? When we start to look at this, we are vessels in the house of God, and God desires to use every vessel. So what is the problem? You have gold vessels, you have silver vessels, you have wood, you have clay. It doesn't matter what they're made out of. It doesn't matter what we think with our human humanistic... Uh, yeah, or what it looks like. If yeah, it's pretty... Right. It doesn't yeah. matter. But at the end, it's their value is they're valuable to God. Yeah. So what God says with the, with the, with the, the um, contents of the vessel, yeah. God wants to pour into each vessel. What makes a vessel, vessel dishonorable? It's because of what its content is. Or the lack thereof. Or lack thereof. Yeah. God has given us honor. He has poured into us grace. And when you have a cup, if you're a vessel of honor, you need to take that cup and pour it into another vessel. Yeah. You guys, if you guys, the, the, the widow of Zarephath, I, I believe that's what it was, when she went and got all the, 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 jars. the, the jars, and he said, keep pouring into yeah. it. As long as she kept pouring into it, yeah. there was something to be poured into. She, was, she poured into it, and as she continued to pour, there was more, and there was more, and there was more. That's what it's like in the house of God, Come is on. that when there are um, vessels of honor, whether it's wood, clay, silver, or gold, we need to make sure that we need to be pouring out that which God has given to us yes. to be able to pour out into yes. those empty vessels. Yes. There's so many of us right now that just need some grace. Yeah, we do. They just need a, just a little bit of grace. Just a, a, a phone call. Yes, just a little bit of understanding. When somebody yells at you and, and you look at them and you don't know what kind of day they're having. But you go, you know what? God gave me enough grace to be able to better somebody's moods. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to cancel them. I'm not going to cancel them. I'm not going to fight them. But what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm full of grace Come on. and I'm going to pour out whatever little bit I have okay. because God says, as, as, as I pour out, I'm going to be like David. Yeah. And he says, and my cup runneth over. Yeah. I am being poured out as a drink offering unto the Lord. And as I pour it out to, to God, because everything <laughs> that you do, you do as unto the Lord and you pour out into these people. God has given you a gift of grace, and we cannot negate the fact that God continues to give us grace yeah. every other or every day. Okay. Not every other day. Yeah, hopefully not every other day. Number every three. Day. Grace is available. Grace is available is the third point, and that comes from James 4 and 6. Grace uh, is available, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. One thing that I do not want is for God to resist me because I can't bear it. He's too strong. He, he got stamina like out of this world. I do not want the Lord to resist me. Therefore, I must walk in humility. One of the things that we must realize is that grace, humility, and love, it's all synonymous to one another in my heart, in my eyes. They all are together. Like, like, like strings upon a instrument, they together make the cord of the kingdom of God. Grace, humility, and love, they work in unison to one another. Every time one shows up, the other one's there in the, in, in the midst. Um, grace and humility comes as a result of love. Because I love you, 
I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to listen to what you're saying because I love you. I'm going to extend to you more grace than I would maybe to somebody I don't love. I'm just saying when love is present, here comes humility. Here comes grace because I love you. So you can't say that you love me and you can't extend me any grace. You can't say that you love me if you can't humble yourself enough to even just hear how I'm feeling, hear my words, hear what I'm trying to explain to you. Grace, humility, and love. God who is love, think about it. God who is love humbled himself to come to earth to present grace and I'll make it available for us. There we saw in the picture of Jesus coming from heaven, grace, love, and humility. Those three was all in his journey, even all in his purpose of coming. It's like a parent that says, watch me walk in grace, humility, and love. Now you do it. Um, grace is available because love supplied it. That's the only reason why we have grace is because the Lord loves us so greatly. Humility prece precedes us giving our life to Christ. Think about it. How many times have we sit in those pews and we, we're, the, the message is tugging at our heart and you're, the inside of you is screaming, I need Jesus. I need a savior. But it takes humility for us to get up out of that street, that, that seat, and says, here I am, Lord. Take my heart. Humility proceeds that decision. So, um, and, and also, humility precedes uh, us being able to get the help that we need from people, from our family, from our church family. Because it means that we first have to say, I need help. It takes humility to say, I'm struggling. It takes humility to say, I'm not. I don't have all the answers. Sometimes our pride won't even allow us to allow our church family to even just be our church family. And then we, we try to figure out, why am I by myself? Because pride is your best friend. Nobody wants to share the room or share the seat with you and your pride. You and your pride done sucked the air out of the entire room. I'm just saying, church family, in order to be church family, you need to allow humility to be your companion to allow love and grace to come in and fill your heart. Amen. Humility precedes it all, but one of the things that we know is that grace is available. Don't ever say that it's not available because it is. Yeah, you know, it's, I was going to add to that. If that's add okay. to it, baby. Can I add to it? That third point says grace is available. Mm -hmm. you, guys, you guys ever call, call a store and go, do you have any more available? Mm -hmm. You call them and you say, is there any more available? Mm -hmm. And sometimes they go, oh, no, we don't have any. But it was up to you if you still go out and check to see if there was any left. You guys didn't catch that. So what ends up happening is grace is always available. When the children of Israel in the morning went up, there, you know what was available for them? Manna. Grace was available, but they still had to get up and gather it. Come on. That's good. That's good. You guys, you guys with me with that? That's good. There's so many of us right now that are bankrupt on grace, on. And, when, and grace is available. That's good. It is available, but we're just bankrupt on grace. Yeah, because we refuse to gather it. We refuse to gather it, and that's what happens when, you know, God says, you, you got to humble yourself mm -hmm. and go out there and get the grace that's available for yeah. you. So number four, grace is enough. Yeah. I, I, I love that part. Grace is definitely enough. Praise God. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, it says, And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for in my strength uh, is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities mm -hmm. that the power of Christ may you rest, rest upon me. Yeah. Grace is enough. Yeah. It was grace that got me through and is getting me through the stroke. Yeah. It's getting me through the, the, the things in my body that I have to deal with. Yeah. 
because of the stroke and, and because my heart condition, God has given me grace to get through it. He says, my grace is sufficient. He says, my grace is enough. You don't need anything extra. You just need to know that the grace that I'm giving you is enough to get you through, to get you by everything. Why? He says, because this, because in my, in your, my strength, in my, weak, in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. So therefore, I will boast in my infirmities. Yeah. I don't know if anybody in here is in pain, if anybody's been sick, if anybody's dealing with job loss or whatever. God says that his grace is sufficient. And when you realize that his grace is sufficient, that, that this means you don't need anything else but God's grace. That's when you'll start to boast in your infirmities. I'm, 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 I'm not working right now. But God said that my, his grace is sufficient. He's, yes, not Jehovah Jireh. Yeah. It's God. God's grace is enough. Yeah. We don't need anything else. Yeah. Grace has been uh, manifested in the flesh as Jesus Christ. Yeah. And the only thing we need is Jesus Christ. Yeah. He is our daily bread. Yeah. He is our grace. We are saved by, by grace through faith, lest yes. any man should yeah, boast, yeah. because why? Grace is enough. Yes. I don't need anything else. I don't need to know the, the 66 books, and I don't need to know the theology and the doxology. I just need to know grace and who grace is. Yeah. Grace is Jesus Christ. Grace is enough. Yeah. I don't need to try uh, uh, um, um, any other uh, doctrine. I don't need to talk about uh, the Hebrew Israelites. I don't need to talk about anybody else, a Muhammad or, or anybody else. I just need to talk and realize who I know I am in love with, and that is Jesus Christ. Yeah. He is enough for me. Yes, his grace is sufficient. His grace amen. is sufficient. Amen, amen. And as we're going to bring this to the close of Tiber, come on up. Praise God. Listen, you guys, we wanted to share our, our experiences as a couple. In our business. In our business with y'all, but really, what we wanted you to understand is, what, you, what we wanted you to leave with today is this, is that we need to give each other more grace and less grief. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right now, like literally before you walk out of here, you probably need to get on the phone and call somebody yeah. and tell them, I'm sorry for, for the lack of grace. Lack of grace yeah. And I'm, I just need to give you more grace. And I'm just sorry for causing more grief with you. Yeah. I, I'm, I, there, there's some people we need to just repent. First, we need to go to the father. Yeah. We need to repent and then go to people and just tell them, listen, the world is in need of grace. We need to stop looking at the world as if they have grace to give. The world doesn't have grace to give. God sent grace into the world. He sent Jesus Christ into the world. And as we begin to know who grace is, we'll be able to get that grace. It'll be poured onto us and we'll be able to pour it out to other men and women so that they won't walk around with all kinds of grief. Yeah. Yeah. Grace says, I am going to communicate. Yeah. Ooh, that's a big one. Saints, we need to meet at the level of grace. So you guys catch me with that? So good. This, this is what we do. You guys say, well, you need, to, you need to come up here and see me. 
Some people, no, no, you need to come down here and see me. No. What God says, God says this. I need all my people to meet at the level of grace. It's a level playing field. And, and that level playing field is Jesus Christ. And I need to come to that level playing field with my brother, with my sister. And if I have an ought with my brother, I'm going to leave at the altar and I'll go to my brother and, and I'll meet with him. So with that at the level of grace that God has given me. The job of each person is to meet each other at the level of grace. We just need to make sure, you guys, to, to give each other's grace and stop giving each other so much grief. Yeah. And I remember about being a baby Christian. No, even before I was a Christian, one of the things I was really good at, and I don't know if it was because I was the only child, but I could really easily write people off. Like, literally, I was like, dude, you do not exist. You make me upset, you do not exist. I was really good at it and I was proud about it. Like literally, my life will go on without missing a beat without you. I was really good at that. But it wasn't until I became a Christian that I realized what a sin that was, how fleshly that was. Because our flesh is a destroyer of community, but our spirit man is a builder of community. The Lord has called us to community. It's easy to be on a lone island by yourself because there's no one there to offend you. You are the king of your kingdom. You're the ruler of your kingdom on this lone island of self and flesh. Everybody in that kingdom agrees with every decision that you make. But when you step into a community, well, now there's all these people and everybody doesn't necessarily all agree with you. Only child's, that's an only child's nightmare. But I had to realize that it was my flesh that was trying to destroy every community and every group that I was going, that I was stepping into. And I had to realize in order to operate and walk in the spirit, I have to learn how to lock arms and lock hearts with my brothers and sisters because we are a body that is fitly joined together. No one knows where we start and no one knows where the other ones ends because we're so in, unit, in, unit, in unity and in unison with one another. That's how we're to operate as the body. No one knows that there's an offense. No one knows that anybody made you upset. No one knows that we, me and so-and-so just had a blowout yesterday because why? Because we're still a body fitly joined together. We talked about it. We discussed it. We said, hey, this is how I feel. Oh my gosh, I didn't know I made you feel that way. Please forgive me. And we embrace just like Pastor John, when he went and talked to the Father and he came and embraced me, all my offenses, all my pain, it was broken because we met at the level of grace. We met at the level of grace. Grace allows uh, the chains and the bondages and the, and the, and the layers of uh, generational curses, generational offenses. You guys know those, that stuff that's present at Thanksgiving. Like aunt so-and-so ain't talking to aunt so-and-so. Grandma so-and-so was mad at so-and-so. You, know you know how it is in a family where there's so many issues and the layers of time builds up on it. And you don't even know how the offense started. All you know is no, so-and-so and so-and-so don't talk. So I can't invite her to the birthday party. I can only invite Aunt Susie and I can't. You guys, but when we meet at the level of grace, all of a sudden a unity comes on us like never before because our spirit man builds community. Our flesh destroys community. So we have to realize, have we been a builder of our communities, our spiritual communities, or have we been in destruction mode? Have we been chopping people off? Because if so, we're immature. We're still drinking milk when we ought be craving meat of the word. Let's be vessels of honor. Let's seek 
not to just seek our own way, to just, uh, if it's my way or the highway, because we are the church. So let's act like it. Let's give grace like we're the church. Let's love like we're the church. Let's forgive like we're the church. Let's operate in passion and forgiveness like we're the church. Amen. Amen. Did you guys learn something today? Amen. Amen. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.